0: hello 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 very good morning how are you today all right yeah great great um so glad to be here with you again if you're watching on youtube good morning for you my name is danny call me danny let me turn this here because i have this special anointing of mr bean and giovanna will tell me off later on so everything around uh so good to be here. I want to invite you to open your Bible with me in Acts chapter 1. If you have your um, weekly, we send emails to, to to everybody in the church. And probably you see there some Bible verse about the preaching this morning. So I just changed the last moment I was praying and all this stuff that happens. Um, we are today finishing our series called Customized faith. Today is the last uh, message of this. We have some PowerPoints to share with you. And it's the last. Now, let me explain a bit, if you are watching this on the first time, if you are just coming to this church. And Daniel, Danny, call me Danny, and one of the leaders of this local church. And we are finishing this series. We had four, uh, today is the fifth one, four messages on this team. Customized faith. We had faith. On my terms, transformation, pleasure, commitment, and today we'll talk about church on my terms. What is this? We had this five weeks, today is the fifth one, uh, reflecting, trying to understand how our culture sees faith, church, God, pleasure, commitment, um, the main things that has been uh, shaping our mindset and behavior towards God and all this Uh, informations about God. When you talk with someone and you have these words in your conversation, God, church, Jesus, faith, every person, they have different ideas or backgrounds or memories about this religious environment. So we have been sharing this with you today, this series. Let me give you some few more information. Sometimes it's good to show who we are, as a church. If you are just coming for this church for a short time, if you are watching this on YouTube, we are a local church, like I used to say, we are not a church without a um, belly button. We came from somewhere. We are a part of a movement, a family of church called New Frontiers. Now, we are here in Crowley, but we are part of this big, wide, broad family of churches across, oh, I don't know the whole numbers, more than 80 nations, 8, 8 nations, 2,500 churches in many different places, languages. It was so funny, uh, last week I received a message from Rafael in Portugal, and he said to me, oh, Danny, I was in Madrid, and I visited the New Frontiers Church in Madrid. I felt in Crowley. We're like family guys, uh, the same uh, environment or spirit. We don't call ourselves as a denomination. We call ourselves a family of church. So if you have kids, someday they'll get married. Like my girls, I have three girls someday, and their houses will be different than your house, but in that lunch on Sunday afternoon, everybody together, you still are the same family, This same DNA. It's like, it's the way that we see church and new frontiers. So we have this big family, and under this umbrella, we have another family of churches called New Ground, around 50, 48, 50 churches. And Crowley Community Church is part of New Ground Sphere under this New Frontiers big family of churches. Just to let you know, the church that you are coming and watching and being part of. We believe as a New Ground or New Frontiers church family, Meaning um, these two things. We are a movement, we call ourselves a movement of the Word and the Spirit. Word because we really are uh, worried and we have joy and pleasure to preach the Word of God and the good and consistent theology, to teach the Bible. And also... The spirit, because we believe that God gave us his spirit and the Holy Spirit of God came with a package with no label with pirate date in his gifts. The gifts are for today and the gifts of the spirit is for our day. So word and his spirit. Have I say that? Let me invite you for the next Sunday, we will start a new series of teaching in the church Called the five pillars of our faith. In this series that we are finishing now, we have been talking about how society was shaping our understanding about God. Now we will teach you and share with you why we believe in the things that we believe. The way that we see the gospel and, and the word of God and church and six. Uh, different teachings next week i'll be doing the introduction and then i have the pleasure to share the stage with ken our amazing bible teaching this church about the five pillars of our faith there is a latin word for this and the reformation times they called the five solas solas is a word that means alone so the five solas they are the next uh scriptures alone christ alone grace alone Faith alone, glory only to God. My recommendation for you, bring your notebook, laptop, iPad, anything to take note of this series of teachings. It will be very biblical and theological. Now, it was good to see you. Bye. We finished the service. <laughs> Today, we are ending this series called uh, Customized Faith, talking about church on my terms. Church on my terms. Let's go to the Bible. Acts chapter 1. I will read with you verse 13 and uh, part of 14 as well. Acts chapter 1, 13. When they arrived, when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. When they arrived, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. They who? The disciples of Jesus. Eleven guys here. In Acts 13, you see in the Bible, it's not on the screen here. We have the eleven names there. They were coming from somewhere, and they arrived in this house, in this place, and they went upstairs. And then we have a list. In your Bible, we have a list of names. Eleven disciples of Jesus. Verse 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer. And if you keep reading 14, you see Mary, the mother of Jesus, and also Jesus' brothers as well. So these 11 disciples plus brothers of Jesus plus Mary, some other guys, upstairs in this place praying. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we believe in the power of your word. There is power in the gospel of Jesus. And in this very moment, we, we want to bring our minds and hearts captive to your name. We want to submit ourselves to your word. Speak with us. Speak with your church. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. All of us, we have this sense of belonging. Do you know? To belong to something bigger, greater than ourselves, our lives. You see this in teenagers. They want to be part of the group in the school. You want to be part of the popular guys in the school. Some of us, we have bad memories about this time in our lives. Some of us, we were the populars in the school, but we want not be part of a group. We have this. It's part of our humanity, belong to something bigger. In your company, in your everyday life, you won't gather together, we won't have friends. It's part of who we are, a, so- a society. And some guys, they were so clever, they figured out this years ago, and now they are millionaires, billionaires, because of this human need to be part of a group of something. One of these guys you know really well, mark Zuckerberg, and he said years ago facebook was not originally created to be a company it was built to accomplish a social mission to make the world more open and connect in 2017 not so long ago he went to visit different churches in america to understand how uh What is this in the human heart or mind, that people are coming from different backgrounds, different cultures, to this place called church, and different church is a need of connection, need of sense of belonging, to be part of something different. And this idea to to have people together from different cultures, languages, background, is is weird, (laughs) because Every person who comes from a different culture, they think their culture is better than the others. <laughs> you see this guy with the most beautiful accent in this church. I came from f- far away, 12 hours flight, if it's direct flight. So <laughs> we have different accents, food, music, opinions, I don't know. And this idea to put all of these people together in the same group, wow. Well, it's, it's weird, it's, it's nice, but sometimes can be very stressful. It's a need of connection, of belonging. Another clever guy, American uh, conservative political and cultural commentator, New York Times, David Brooks, he said, um, there is one skill at the center of any healthy family, company, classroom, community, university, Or even nation one skill the ability to see someone else deeply to know another person profoundly to make them feel heard and understood this isn't everywhere so we are church community if you feel heard and understood wow it's awesome we don't have this sometimes in our families But there is a need in every company, classroom, community, university. So there is this human need of the human heart to belong to something bigger, greater than my daily small life and problems. But on the other hand, oh, there's this contradiction. We don't like to share that much about our lives. We don't like people we... Invasive sometimes. We want to belong to something, but we don't like accountability or... <sighs> Example. You start your relationship with that girl or boy. And after two or three years of relationship, you finish. You ended. You broke the relationship. Now, you have a person walking around with two or three years of information about you. And this is dangerous. Your dreams, your fears, your parents. (laughs) Informations about their family. This person is around. Wow. Hanging out with someone with secrets about you. We want relationship. We want to belong to something. But sometimes we we don't like when people disturb our routine. We don't like, I need to give a lift for that guy again. Oh, I need to return that call. I need to read that message. Give us work to do when we are engaged in a community. When someone asks you, how are you? And they really want to know, how are you? I don't want to explain. But you, I want to belong. But I don't want to belong that much. <laughs> I want to be part of a church on my terms. A church that I can go and hang out. I have shallow uh, conversations, not so deep. Finish, go home. Netflix, whatever it is. I don't open my heart. But at the same time, I complain where I don't feel hurt and understood. <laughs> Sometimes we just understand church with, as a Christian habits or behavior. And not with the Christian mindset. With a heart of the gospel. Sometimes we understand church like a habit. Okay, Sunday morning, church, kids, clothing, brush the teeth, breakfast or anything, drive for the church. Here we do with all the things that we always do. Okay, we praise, we worship, we have kids' church, and the kids' church is amazing. I love it. And then we have offerings and etc. And then it's another Sunday, another Sunday, another Sunday. One more year, two years. It's just a habit. It's automatic um, pilot. But sometimes we don't understand what is behind the Christian message, the Christian mindset. Let me take this two or three minutes to explain for you if you're watching on YouTube or here. Just refresh to make you remember the reason that we are here. The reason we carry our Bibles. The reason we call ourselves Christians or, or Jesus followers. We do believe that God is the creator of the whole universe. He wasn't alone. Jesus was with him in the creation. The Holy Spirit was with God. And the creation of the galaxies, they, they are still expanding, the galaxies. And the seas, and the bacteria and, and, bacter- and, and your cells of your body, and your hair, and everything. The creator of visible and invisible things. Angels, demons, Powers, everything, the creator of the universe. And the Bible says that when he saw everything, he thought, wow, this is good. This is good. But then, the humankind, we had this rupture, we broke with God. And we embraced something called sin. And from that point, everything that we do is is contaminated by sin. Sometimes we have a low view about the cross of Jesus or, or the wrath of God because we have a low view about sin. Uh, sometimes we don't understand, and every week we try to teach from this stage in this church the gospel of Jesus and how uh, evil is sin, the damage the sin has done, and the whole human society and the human being and the human heart sin is our disease is our viper is our monster sin keeps following us and mingling in our thoughts sin is part of the human nature it's impossible by ourselves to get rid of sin and god hates the sin sin is like this shadow around us all the time Is offensive against God. My pride, my jealousy, my lust, my greed, my selfishness. I don't know how to get rid of this. However, because of the cross of Jesus, the mercies of God is covering me and you. And because of the cross of Jesus, he paid the price for the sins. Now we have a second chance, now we have a salvation, because of salvation because of the cross. Now, this is important to understand the gospel. In my language, Portuguese is from Latin, like Romanian language, Italian, French. We call gospel evangelio, or something similar in Latin languages. In these days of Jesus and the Roman Empire, the word was evangelium, Latin word for gospel. And what that means, take your time machine now, let's go to Rome, first century. You are there in your window, and your castle, I don't know, like the films, <laughs> watching. And suddenly, you see that group of soldiers coming, the Roman soldiers. Now, when the emperor or the soldiers, they went to uh, wars to conquer more territories, and their way back, if that mission was successful... If they won the war, they were coming back celebrating, full of joy. And one of those guys, I can imagine his job, I never complain about my job again, uh, holding a, a stick, is the word, a stick, with a flag there, marching with a flag. And that flag was the Evangelium. And in other words, the good news, the good telling, something good news arriving That Look, the Evangelion. that means they won the war. We have more territory. The war is over. We are greater now. The emperor and the Roman Empire is greater now. And in the streets, everybody celebrating. In the next few days, it was very usual in Rome to see Uh, in every corner or main square a boy screaming shouting evangelium evangelium in other words he's saying we have good news we have good news we need to tell you and the disciples of Jesus they took this word to express and to tell for you and me there is a king an emperor who won the war Satan was defeated, the sin was defeated forever, and now you are free and this is a good news and all those guys around the boy listen to the news of the conquer of the victory. All these guys around them, the Bible called these people church. Now you have the evangelium, now you have the gospel, now you have good news that Jesus cried. So he can wipe away your tears. That Jesus bowed his head. So you can lift up your head. Because Jesus took the punishment that I deserved on that cross. Now you are free. He had the, th- the crown of thorns. I, have, I can have the crown of glory someday. I am saved. This is the gospel. Now, you guys around this evangelium, this good news. I have a mission for you. And I will equip you with something called Holy Spirit. We read Acts 1. In Acts 2, chapter 2, God sent his Holy Spirit for this group of guys. And this group of people we call church, God gave them a mission. Go, tell for everybody. For everybody in your university, workplace, in your school, among your relatives, for everybody, they are free. There's a wrath, there's a judgment, there's a train coming in their direction, but they can be free of the final judgment because of the gospel, the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy. Church is not a group of social, political, cultural opinions and conversation. Church is not for those who are conservative or labor. It's a group of people who understood they are disciples of Christ. And they have a mission in life. To share the good news. Because someday God will... We are talking about the global reset. God will recreate, restart over everything again. Jesus is coming back. He will come back. In Matthew chapter 27... Verse 19, Matthew 27. The Bible says that uh, Pilate, Pilate is the guy, the Pontius Pilate, was in the, in the seat of judgment and the trial of Jesus there. And his wife sent a message, what's up to him? Okay. And the message, she sent a message saying, don't get involved with this innocent man, talking about Jesus. Don't get involved with him because I had a dream about this man. This lady, she was asking for something possible to do. Because it's not not possible to live your life in this planet and not get involved with Jesus. Or you get involved with the Savior or with the judge someday. Jesus Christ will come back. And you give accountability of your life to him. That's why we preach the gospel. That's why church is in a mission. This is the Christian message and Christian mindset. Now I want to invite you to understand this new journey with me. Have I said that? This is the Christian message. How we understand church in our days. I was reading a book of this guy, Wilman Mancini. He's an American pastor. The name of the book is Future Church, Seven Laws About uh, Healthy Church Growth, Seven Laws on Church Growth. And Will he explains how we do church, how we understand church in, on, on terms with the thing that he called for peace, okay, for peace. And I will share with you this. And... and this four piece was to give this answer for these two questions about church. Question number one When people come into your church for the first time, what draws them in? Why are they coming to the church? Second question When they decide to stick around the church, what moves them to make themselves at home? Let me repeat the question. Maybe. It's in your heart, why I'm part of this local church? If you are part of this church for, I don't know, 400 years, just ask yourself, why I'm part of it? When people come to the church for the first time, what draws them in? Have you been some annoying church? <laughs> don't answer, please. <laughs> but this kind of church, oh, these guys, they never sit, they want 40 minutes standing, clapping. Oh, it's noisy, or the kids' church is not nice, or it's far away, they never finish the sermon. <laughs> All these kind of things in our heads and hearts. Sometimes we don't say this. Sometimes we say, at and, and, and the lunchtime after church. Or, I don't know. Ah, did you see? Her hair was not matching with the bag, with the shoes. <laughs> or this kind of church... Oh, if you are visiting here for the first time, raise your hands. Oh, no, no, please. Or they just talk about money. I don't know, all this criticism that we have. This question, when people come into our church, what draws them in? Oh, I like this church. It's nice. The music's nice. The guy's funny. or I don't know, they have good facilities in the building. Second, when they decide to stick around. Because the first time is one experience. And to decide to stay in that church after four, five, six services, okay, maybe we we'll stay in this church. Is enough to check their theology or the understanding about the Bible. Okay, this church is not very crazy Pentecostal, climbing walls and all this kind of stuff. They are fine, they're okay. So they decide to stay in the church. Why? The answer, this guy, Wilmonseny, you talk about the four P's. I think we have the next slide there. Yeah. So four P's, Place, personality, program and people. Place. Oh the building's close to where we live. Or they have big car parking. Or the Wi Fi is free or the coffee is free. Or I like the toilet. I don't know all this they have a big mirror in the toilet. I don't have a big mirror like this in my home, so <laughs> all these facilities in the building. Uh, I don't know, I like uh, they have many classes did you know that we have a prayer room upstairs? yeah, we do we have a nice comfy prayer room upstairs you can spend time with God there by yourself, praying Uh, it's a quiet place, nobody will disturb you it's nice, so we have all these facilities in the building, it's nice, why not personality, oh, Pastor Steve is such a good teacher I like him I love his hair I love (laughs) (laughs) I love the mullet these guys, they are informal. Personality. When the pastor has a great personality. Always smiling, welcoming, warm, nice. Personality. So, first place, personality. Uh, third one. Program. My kids really love going to the kids' church. And we have lots of programs. We had ladies' curry yesterday here. And the men's uh, this week. I had many... Th- Things happening if you receive that email every Thursday you have the programs of the church oh there's a lot going on <clears throat> we have Natalie Williams this evening I have small groups uh I don't remember everything but <laughs> we have a lots of programs things happening in the church always oh, so the program is nice and we have kids in the days of week cooking lots of people involved in helping so, great program. And people, it's the church of our friends attend. It's nice guys, lovely people. These guys with green or yellow jackets there, uh, welcoming, trying to be nice, trying to be smart. So, for pieces, okay, we can stay in this church. It's the way that we understand and we take decisions based on that two questions about church. Place, personality, program, and people. It's like the church is like a house, I think. Uh, It's like a house. Nobody goes into a house walking to the bedroom or toilet. We go for the, I don't know, hall, main hall, lounge. The main part of the house, the ground floor of the house, is where the four Ps are. And this ground floor is the main entrance. And we put a lot of effort in the four Ps. I'm not saying it's wrong. Very opposite. I'm saying it's great. We put money, energy, creativity, time in these four piece To have a good program, to have good personality, to have good people, to have a great place. Whew, it's tiring. But if the church leaders or if those who are the elders group or the volunteers, if all of those guys, they put everything and focus in the four piece the church will grow. If I have a great personality, if I have a good program, if I have a great building, all these facilities, the church will grow. And that's it. And this is the ground floor. This is where we put everything so. Number one, maximize the attractiveness wow, what's a difficult word for me? <laughs> of your place. make it attractive the charisma of your personalities, the excellence of your programs and the welcome of your people, your church will grow. Is that simple. If there is some pastor or church leader watching this on YouTube, just put your four Ps, my friend, your church will grow. Is <laughs> the way that we understand very often church in our terms. I had decisions based in these four Ps in my life in the past. It was so difficult to find a healthy church. When I find one with these four Ps in place, oh, I can stay in this church forever. They are not like a dream church, but it's okay. I can, I can be part of this church. I can even give you money for this church. They, they have good intentions, they're not wolves. I can stay here, and that's the way that, I don't know, I don't have this number, but probably 90% of Christians take decisions to be part of a community. To be part of a church. I have three questions about the four Ps now on the next slide. Question number one. Is capturing people in the lower room real church growth? I'll call this lounge or main entrance as a lower room. Okay. Is this what Christ calls us to do? tie people emotionally emotionally to a place, personality programs, and people? Does a church where most people are most attached to facility, leaders, activities, and relational chemistry correspond to what the church is according to the Bible? I want to invite you to the upper room. I want to invite you for another place. We have something more. And my intention is to provoke you this morning. To ask to yourself why you are part of this or any kind of church. What's, What's the criteria you are using to this? To this? People in the upper room are emotionally attached to a sense of purpose beyond place, program, personality, or people. It's beyond that. Beyond that. Next slide. Most of the people live in the lower room where it's all about provisions, what they get, and not about division, what they get to do. We just read A verse now saying that these disciples of Jesus. Let me give you a bit of context here. These 11 guys, because you know, Judah, you know. So these 11 guys, they were together with Jesus. Jesus was saying goodbye to them. You never, if you never asked you before, you haven't uh, had this question, uh, how was the end? I know that some parts of Jesus' history, oh, he died on the cross, but how was the very, very end? was like this. He rose from the dead 40 days with the disciples, okay? And at some point he said, "Okay guys, goodbye. I'm going going back to heaven." In this moment of farewell and tears and all of this, all of this, they were in a place called the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. The 11 disciples of Jesus, Jesus was there, and Jesus was sharing with them something amazing important in Acts chapter 1. And Jesus gave a promise to them. And Jesus said, Guys, listen to me. Stay in Jerusalem until you receive power from above. There is a power available for you. There is something more for you. So stay in Jerusalem. Wait for this. And Jesus was ascended to heaven. And they were watching Jesus. And two angels came down and spoke with them. And after this amazing meeting... They came to Jerusalem, they arrived in this place in the house, and they went upstairs. If you had a boy here, eight years old, and you ask for this boy, oh, hello, 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 what's your, I don't know, dream, what you want to get on your birthday, or you most want in your life? This boy, you give you a tangible answer. Scooter, PlayStation, iPhone. Something like this. But if you ask for the parents of this boy, guys, what's your dream? Well, what do you want for your boy? The parents, you give you a not tangible or intangible answer: acceptance, a good relationship with God, confidence. So the parents, they are in the upper room. The immature. The boy, uh, this, this boy, he's in the lower room. He's desiring for all good stuff. iPhone, PlayStation, place, building, personality. Oh, this is good. I'm not saying it's wrong. But there is something more in the upper room. What quality do place, personality, programs, and people have in common? They change. They change. The pastor can get retired, can move to another place, I don't know. The building change; we need to refurbish remodeling, or we don't have money to pay the mortgage, so we need to move to another place. I don't know. Everything changes. People change. The programs sometimes just get tired. If you are in the lower room, you feel tired sometimes and disappointed and with some frustrations with church. Those who are connected to the upper room, they don't have anything to lose when the lower room change. It's another level. And it is another level. <laughs> it's another room. Jesus gave them a promise. In the verse, we read in the beginning here, verse 13 and 14. In the verse 8, Jesus said, Guys, you will receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you, you be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and into the ends of the earth. Those who are in the upper room, they receive this disciple, God's disciple, making vision for a church. They understand it's not the vantage that I can get from; it's the price I'm willing to pay for this mission. Is what, what gives meaning to my life, passion to my life, was the big call of God in my life? This is church. is to be part of something above, something beyond, something gracious and powerful than programs and the normal routine. It's the upper room, it's God's invitation for us. I want to invite Nathan. We will sing the next song. I will invite you to sing this song. And now, before we finish, I'll be back on stage here to pray with you. But in this moment that we will be singing, pray for your heart. Don't pray now for, for someone else. Pray for your heart, your uh, criterias, and your role, and your opinions, and your mindset about church. Maybe this is a moment to recycle, to correct your vision about church maybe this is the moment to ask god when and how can i feel this upper room stuff that this guy is talking about god how can you take me to the next level for the next floor for the upper room god what will happen in this upper room and i'll be back here to share more with you after this song if you remember What happened? What happened in that upper room is great, but if you don't remember, let me read for you. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. It's that upper room. The upper room is the birthplace of the church. They were not worried about the four peace. They were worried about God's promise, the Holy Spirit. We are not trying to selling nothing here. We are not trying to convince you, to come to our church. But every Tuesday morning, when we are in our room here praying, we ask to God, "God, what do you want?" We don't ask for people. Guys, what do you want? ask to him what do you want and I keep reading the Bible says suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seems to be tongues of fire that separate and came to the rest of each of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in another tongue as the Spirit enabled them. This is the church to so be equipped and powered by the Holy Spirit. And then if you keep reading to do the mission, yes, the four P's are great. Will you keep doing, of course, but they are not our main. Goal, aim, or dream. We want to be a community full of the Holy Spirit. And if you are struggling with something, if you need prayer, if you need, to, if you need to talk with someone, if you need help in this journey to the upper room, talk with us. Let's pray together. We read in verse 14, chapter 1, and we read now in chapter 2, they're all together in the same place. And the same journey, the same vision, the same expectation for God. It's not just another Sunday morning. It's expectation for God. God's presence. Lord Jesus, I want to pray now. Because it's the same spirit. It's the same cross. It's the same blood. It's the same gospel. It's the same power available for us. Oh Lord, our lives is so short. Our lives is so sometimes Predictable and boring. We need something, Lord, from you. It's so good to know that we can be part of a church community. Who dreams with your power. Who had a great expectation for something more. You have unsearchable things to share. Lord, when we think in your ministry. Thousands of people came just walking to the lower room. They had that bellies filled with the bread of miracles. They saw many miracles, but just 120 guys, just this group of people, they were in the upper room receiving our Holy Spirit, having something more. We want something more, Lord. You gave us a promise. You will receive power and you gave us a mission. You'll be my witnesses. We need this. And we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen.